0: Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, but hopefully you know that and instead are asking, hey Alicia, it's not Dundee. it's Wednesday, what gives? Today, investigators, I have a fun little crossover bonus for you that answers the question laid out in the two Mrs. Grenvilles, who is Babette Van Deegan? And not necessarily a plot point for our most recent coverage of the Woodward case, but holy cats. Babette is the character, portrayal, in fictional form of the real-life Barbara Sears Rockefeller, known affectionately as Bobo, and it is the most amazing story you might not know. Big love to y'all. Hope you dig it. Stay curious, keep on investigating. See you Monday friends for a whole new theme.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces, Trashy Breakups Edition Midweek. My name is Stacy and Alicia, you have a crossover. I do. I have a crossover. I this
0: week it's just a story that's too delightfully good not to share. With everybody. It's a crossover with Done and Done. And honestly, it's normally pretty clear when I do all of my trashy investigations which side of the podcast fence the story needs to go to. But this one, holy cats, it has everything for both. <laughs> Happy bonus, huh? Trashy Done Day. <laughs> so within Done and Done in the last few weeks, we have been looking at the fact in the fiction about the 1955 death of Billy Woodward done by his wife, Anne. This is the shooting of the century. We've talked about Billy's mom, Elsie Woodward, the grand dom of New York society. This is all within the sordid tale that becomes the basis for Dominic Dunn's Romana Clay 1985 novel, The Two Mrs. Grenvilles. Thank you to Sarah A. Because Sarah A. in her reading of the book asked me a question. Who is the real life inspiration for this character? So there's a character in the two Mrs. Grenvilles that's honestly the best character in the whole darn book. In the book, her name is Babette Van Degen, And she's a showgirl who's one of Anne's early friends in the novel. And then Anne gets a little too high society for Babette. And Babette in the story is the divorcee who is living with a capital L she's doing great she's making record amounts of cash in each of her settlements. she's investing her money she literally is the best character in the book and I think the antithesis of what kind of life Anne could have had Hmm. had she decided to divorce her husband and not kill him sure I mean choices we make choices so Dominic Dunn writing this book of course thinly veiled characters about the Woodward family But all of these are really real people. All of his books are mostly fictional accounts of really real people. Just for the two Mrs. Grenvilles, Dominic interviews 60 people for that novel. Anywho, Babette Van Degen is amazing. She's my favorite character in the whole thing. And knowing that Dominic Dunn uses a recurring cast of fictitious characters to stand in for real people... Like, Elizabeth Taylor is always Faye Converse in his novels. Okay. Uh, let's see. Estee Lauder is always uh, Rochelle Prudhomme. Like, there's people that you know who they are when they show up. Anyway, Sarah A. needed to know, and then I had to know, about this moniker Babette Van Degen. who is it? Like, this is the most fascinating parlor game that Dunn plays in his writing. Who's who in the real life cast of characters? So I sleuthed around. And I discovered the answer. So Dominic Dunn uses a character, Lawrence Van Degen, in one of his novels. The name Van Degen is the last name, just in fiction, of one of the wealthiest families in Edith Wharton's *The Custom of the Country*. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the name Van Degen is used. So it's a family with a loaded amount of money. The Van Degen's in Dominic's writing are his stand-in for the Rockefellers. So once you know that, connecting the spiderwebs becomes very easy. And this is where our story starts today.
1: I'm also thinking of the Van Smoot house oh, yeah, How I Met Your Mother, which Fancy. is sort of... Yeah, yeah their stand-in for some Fancy. like leftover castle from old money. So
0: The story has everything and so many spiderwebs. Everybody needs to know the tale of Bobo. <laughs> Bobo, otherwise known as Barbara Sears Rockefeller, is Babette Van Degen, but she's also Bobo. This is the most incredible story that you may not know. Bobo is born Javalette. This is a diminutive form of Eva in Lithuanian, so I'm going to call her Eva from this point in the story. Her last name, Palakita? She's born near Noblestown, Pennsylvania, September 6th, 1916. And I'm sorry about that Lithuanian pronunciation. It's hard to find online how to pronounce Lithuanian. We're going to go with Eva. Eva's going to change her names a lot, though. Also a Virgo (laughs) girl. Don't mess with her. Eva's parents are Lithuanian immigrants. They're hard workers wanting to make that American dream real. Eva has a sister, too. Her name is Isabel. And dad's a coal miner. Mom and dad bust up pretty early. They divorce. Eva goes with mom and her new stepfather to Chicago. So they are living kind of in a poorer immigrant section near the stockyards. And Eva's a tomboy, but she's beautiful. I don't want to say but. That's not a disqualifier. She's a tomboy. She's gorgeous. Eva's going to enter a beauty pageant for the Lithuanian Daily News. This is 1933. And Eva wins and is crowned Miss Lithuania at the age of 17 Hmm. for the Century of Progress exhibition. Hmm. Bobo will later say, Bobo is Eva. She'll later tell the Chicago Tribune in 1951, it isn't true that I won a beauty contest. The judges were just looking for someone who looked Lithuanian. (laughs) But somewhere the truth is in between. Sure. So Eva's going to go do a little college at Northwestern, but is soon going to drop out to begin modeling. She'll get shoots for Vogue and Vanity Fair. Eventually wants to begin acting. will take on the new name of Eva Paul from her diminutive Eva and her last Paula Eva Paul mm-hmm. is her stage name. So now that's what Bobo's going by. She'll move to New York City in 1936, take some ballet lessons and begin working in regional touring productions. She makes friends with Walter Houston. She gets a few parts in Hollywood Westerns as well. Kind of exciting. It is in one of those touring productions in Boston, where she is playing Pearl in Tobacco Road at the end of the year of 1940. And one night in the audience is Richard Sears II. Old Dick is the son of a very prominent Brahmin family in Boston. He's a well-known socialite. And the heart wants what the heart wants, and it's love or something like it. Richard and Eva get married a month later. Literally February 10th, 1941, in Washington, D.C. Because Richard Sears, Jr., kind of an important guy. He holds, right now at this time, diplomatic post in Washington, D.C. during the war. Eva now is not Eva Paul anymore. Now she's going to be Barbara Paul Sears. And married life with this guy is pretty great. Mainly especially marriage is great because Eva's husband is stationed overseas for a lot of the war. So Eva's going to continue to follow her acting dreams. She does a few tiny roles, the most notable of which is in That Night With You with Franco Tone in 1944, who by this time has divorced Joan Crawford. Hmm. We got to get to Joan Crawford one of these days, but Mm -hmm. alas. All right. Richard Sears, the second kind of a big deal. Money, not a problem, nor access. After World War II, Richard is working as the third secretary in the American embassy in Paris, which, hey, post-war Paris. Right. It's a pretty wonderful place to be. So Eva heads over there for a little while. couple's a big hit. They live a high, social, and very well-connected life in post-war Paris. Sounds terrible. Well, Richard and Barbara, though, divorce in December 18th, 1947, on the grounds of mental cruelty. Hmm. What? It all sounded so good. Where could it have gone wrong? Where indeed. Let's scoot back to 1946, where Barbara has met Winthrop Rockefeller Hmm. at a dinner party. Is she's living currently in Manhattan with her sister, Isabel, in a fourth floor walk up by the Third Avenue L train. Right now, they're living at 921 Third Avenue in between 55th and 56th streets. Coolest thing ever Isabel, her sister, is a chemist. What? It, a chemist in the mid 40s working in New Jersey on chemical things as a chemist. Isn't that
1: cool? She's breaking bad. Come on. <laughs>
0: All right, so here's Barbara living with her sister in New York, and she'll meet Winthrop Rockefeller at a dinner party. Let's talk a little bit about old Winnie Winthrop, May 1st, 1912, born. He's a Taurus man. He is the fourth son of John D. Rockefeller Jr., making him one of the grandchildren of the OG, John D. Rockefeller, who is the founder of Standard Oil. There's some money so <laughs> much money. Mm-hmm. So Winthrop will attend Yale, but he's kicked out before he graduates. He does a little bit of service in the war. He apparently, little spiderweb here for you, is romantically engaged with Houston socialite Candy Mossler, whose story is coming on Done and Done really soon. It's pretty <laughs> trashy. Just an interesting spiderweb if you know who Candy Mossler is. Whoa. Anyway, Winthrop at this point is single, loaded with cash and never been married. In 1946, when he meets Barbara, he's in his mid-30s and he is the most eligible bachelor in the country with standard oil money. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Winthrop, head over heels. Winthrop's going to give Eva a square cut diamond worth $30 thousand dollars
1: is this before or after her divorce this is is an engagement this is the engagement ring again like before her divorce, she's not divorced this is the year she hasn't divorced
0: richard yet okay but she has a thirty thousand dollar diamond yes she's making plans and this is where we're going to get our theme song for the week hell on heels by the pistol annies because there's a great line in this song that reminds me of bobo every time This diamond ring on my hands, the only good thing that came from that man, (laughs) right? Hell on heels and baby, I'm coming for you because there's Sears Boston money. And then there's Rockefeller, New York standard oil money. Come on. Choice is pretty clear. The wedding's on. The wedding's being planned naturally. Well, you have to divorce Richard first. (laughs) So there's a little Nevada divorce action that will clear that up by the end of 1947. Richard and Barbara are amical about it. It's fine. They're, you're done, I'm done, we're both done. Yeah. Nobody has a nobody has an issue in that divorce. Okay. But they had to get that out of the way. Sure. To leave a thirty-one year old Barbara and a thirty-six year old Winthrop who want to get married on Friday the thirteenth, nineteen forty eight. Which seems a little inauspicious. Is but
1: there if, a
0: is there a month? Oh, February. I'm so sorry. Friday, February the 13th, 1948. I apologize. I left that key detail out. All right. But alas, our lovers are thwarted with their numerological (laughs) date plans because there's a 72-hour waiting period in Florida law. So they have to wait until midnight on Valentine's Day where the two will wed Bobo and Winthrop. In the Palm Beach home of Winston Guest, who just the year before has married his second wife, C.Z. Guest, Mm. who we talked about in our Truman Swan series. So much fun. So many spiderwebs. So Winston and C.Z. got married the year before in 1947, but they did not marry in Palm Beach. They married in Havana, Cuba, at the home of Ernest Hemingway. Mm who the year before had married his fourth wife, Mary Welsh. It's all trashy. We've covered these episodes on trashy divorces. Just, yeah, spiderweb adjacent rich trashy stew here. Right. Just gets me excited. The wedding of Bobo and Winthrop is called the Cinderella Wedding of the Century. It's written up as the coal miner's daughter and a billionaire's grandson. Hmm. Right. Winthrop's brother Lawrence is his best man. Eva's sister Isabel, chemist, takes a little break from chemistry and comes right. down to be her maid of honor.
1: I mean, every breaking bad story should involve a trip to Florida. So there are 50 guests that do attend, including
0: the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, hmm. Edward and Wallace Simpson, Big Times. Time magazine will give an account of this as well, saying Bobo's mother and stepfather who were unable to attend the ceremony because they were making a batch of Lithuanian cheese on their Indiana farm, both announced they were happy. Very different. Coal miner's daughter, mm-hmm. billionaire's grandson. Yep. Okay. Seven months later, their son is born. Oh, that's a uh, interesting timing. Potentially. Could have been one of the reasons for the rush to the altar. Their son is Winthrop Paul Rockefeller His nickname is Wynn. And the marriage goes like fine enough for like two years, but probably not because two years in, it is a whole lot of hard stop nobody. There is about to be a battle and it is going to get ugly. This divorce is going to take four years with not only Bobo teaching herself everything there is to know about divorce law, but also cycling through almost two dozen attorneys. Yeah, she goes through 20 lawyers in order to get her divorce from Winthrop. It's a great time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the divorce of the 1950s. See ya on the flip. Hi, I'm Chris Gathard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. Talk to one of them they stay anonymous i can't hang up that's all the rules i never know what's going to happen we get serious ones i've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison i've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones i talked to a guy with a goose laugh somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends i never know what's going to happen it's a great show subscribe today beautiful anonymous okay bobo and winthrop two years in they have one son and the marriage between the two is over in the fall of 1950, Bobo comes on back to Mama's farm, uh huh, in Lowell, Indiana. Needed some cheese. I probably. I think Bobo just wants to get rid of her husband. Uh, Bobo at this point though is more than delighted to give interviews to the press. This was the wedding of the century, Cinderella wedding of the century two years ago, right? And like some rando press person from Indiana comes up and she'll talk to him. Come sit on the porch. Have a smoke. You want some cobbler? Need some cheese? Exactly. So the press just comes and hangs out on her porch every day, and she just is given interviews to them. She will state that her husband has not been sending her the allowance that he should be. She'll say a Rockefeller wasn't born to be raised on a farm.
1: Hmm. Oh, it gets nastier because she has their son in Indiana. Is that is that what I'm to infer? Uh, Yeah, she has the son in Indiana, but that's not why it gets
0: nastier. Uh, It does get nastier. In 1951, she'll tell Time Magazine, I want him to suffer the way he's made me suffer, as he has humiliated me before the world. Bobo does not provide any details. I was going to ask. As to what her suffering would have been. But the courtroom charges are that he is a philanderer and an alcoholic and... Owns a vast collection of high-class pornography. Mm. Well, high-class and dirty class two, (laughs) Like a Barney Stinson collection of pornography.
1: Only the best for a Rockefeller.
0: Not born to be raised on a farm.
1: So Winthrop
0: is like, oh shit, I got to get out of this. And he'll offer Bobo 5.5 million. And he wants custody of the kid. And Bobo says, no, I would like $10 million and I'm keeping custody of our child. Hmm. These are in 1950, astron- like we've talked about high-dollar divorces. This is the high-dollar divorce of the 1950s. So during this time of legal wrangling, which is going to take four years, mm-hmm. here's why, hell on heels, that diamond ring on my hand, Bobo is going to pawn that $30,000 engagement ring and live off those proceeds for the next four years while she is cleaning
1: him out in a four-year divorce battle. Wow. For a two-ish year-long marriage? Yep. Wow. This is a plot line in
0: the two Mrs. Grenvilles. like, yeah, pawn that ring. That's what I'm living off of. Bobo comes out. She's my favorite divorcee. Okay, hold on. Okay. Winthrop is out to do her dirty. He even has her vacuum cleaner repossessed because he's getting that petty. It's just nasty. Okay, so their marital battles are like hot goss. So in 1953, whoa, baby, Bobo storms into their Park Avenue penthouse to reassert her New York residency so she can be done with this divorce. And Winthrop's like, okay, well, if you're moving in here, I'm moving out. So Winthrop goes to Mobile, Alabama, the divorce capital of the world, to establish his residency. Wow. Isn't this spiteless? This is yeah. We've talked about all of these spiderwebs so much.
1: Because you could get a divorce in Alabama with like a Qu- library card. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: People think it's Nevada, but it's not. It's or, Alabama. Or it, or
1: it hasn't always been Nevada. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So there, Bobo and Winthrop are trying to work out the details and they've agreed to that like Five point five million number with Bobo getting custody of the kid. Everything's fine. She's in New York. He's in Alabama. And Bo is like, you know, hell on heels, baby. I'm coming for you. She'll move to Reno, oh where she'll thwart Winthrop's plans for an Alabama divorce first. Bobo wins. Wow, I love her. It's like divorce beachheads. This is like, my favorite <laughs> story. So, with her millions, Bobo is going to buy a six-story neoclassical home in the Upper East Side. This is located at 13 East 67th Street. This home has been built by the Broadway impresario Martin Beck. It is replete in all of its six-story neoclassical splendor with a squash court and a pool and has 19-foot ceilings. Nice. Expensive to heat, but nice. It's a pretty dramatic home. Now, Bobo decorates. It's a little gauche, uh, tricked out with murals and mirrors. There's a life-size statue of Pan in one of her niches. (laughs) Okay, but Bobo's home in the Upper East Side becomes one of Manhattan's most sought-out places to be. She becomes the hostess with the mostest. She is a meeting place for artists and patrons because she's not high-side. Like, that's just not her jam, but mm-hmm. she's like, dude, that's I got just $6 loaded. million. Dollars. Mm-hmm. A townhome in the Upper East Side. Also, she keeps a home in Paris. Uh well. Ooh la la. Bobo will briefly get into the antiques business. Salvador Dali Will paint her in 1960. Hmm. Now, Salvador Dali does paint Anne Woodward in 1953. Anne hates the painting so much she refuses to pay for it. Uh, Bobo paid for hers. <laughs> anyway, Bobo Rockefeller will not marry again. She will remain Mrs. Rockefeller until her death. She'll tell Time Magazine within the divorce struggle I intend to be a Mrs. Rockefeller until the day I die. And she was. That was what her plan was, and that's what she did. There was a rumor in the early 60s, like 1962, that she maybe was thinking about a remarriage to Hotelier Charles Mapes, but that doesn't happen. Bobo will remain a Mrs. Rockefeller. A few fun bits here. Bobo loved to strike a bargain. So in her antiques dealing and her shopping, whatever, when a merchant wanted a price that she thought was too high. She would say, who do you think I am, a Rockefeller?
1: (laughs) That's a good joke. In
0: 1998, Bobo is going to put her townhouse on the market for $12 And it's done with New York City. She says all her friends are gone and dead. She's going to go off to Paris to live where she will say, I'm going to whip around and have some fun. Yeah. Which she does. uh, Lives in Paris. Little fun bit about that home that she sells. Spiderwebs. It was bought in 2009, 2010 by Jeff Koons, the balloon animal sculpture dude. He pays $20 million for Bobo's home. The house is legendary within the art. Like, mm-hmm. it's legendary. This home had been vacant since 2005. It was in some pretty significant disrepair. But conveniently, Jeff Coons had bought the townhouse next door in 2005 for $12 million. So the idea was to combine both homes with all your balloon sculpture money. I cannot validate that he still lives there. Please don't go knock on his door. <laughs> okay. So off Bobo goes to Paris. Lives a charming and beautiful life there until her son, Wynne who was Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas, is diagnosed with leukemia in 2005. Wow. Wynn has served as Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas from 1996
1: up to his death in 2006. Wow. Like father, like son. I had no idea there was a Rockefeller who was Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas. What a weird... Well, let me tell you about what Winthrop Rockefeller, mm-hmm. ex-husband Winthrop,
0: does after he divorces Bobo. He serves two terms as the Republican governor of Arkansas from 1967 and 1971, Winthrop Rockefeller. That's so, like, I do not think Arkansas when I think Rockefellers. Well, that, you there it is a two-term governor and the 20-year lieutenant governor of Arkansas, both Rockefellers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Winthrop Rockefeller will pass away in 1973. Sadly, when their son will pass away in 2006, but it is in 2005 that Bobo comes home to help care for her son in his last days. And it is in Arkansas that Bobo will remain to her death at the age of 91 in May of 2008 in her little rock home. And she dies of natural causes. Barbara Sears Rockefeller, Bobo. Wow. Big thanks to Sarah A. She prompted me <laughs> with the question of who is the real Babette
1: Van Degen. There's your answer, I'm, honey. Wow. What a life from the coal fields of Pennsylvania to New York and Paris. And wow. In my personal diary of my very favorite high
0: society trashy divorces, I have to say that Bobo is right up there. She's my favorite. She's remarkable. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at a flip sort of of this story coming up on done and done next week. But I am thrilled to have added Bobo both on Trashy Divorces and done and done for our bonus crossover episode into our lexicon of trash candy. Well done, Mrs. Rockefeller. <laughs> Game set match on life, man. Yeah, for real. She does
1: it entirely her way. I, I love Bobo's story. Excellent. No, that's great. I had not heard of her. And now you know. Yeah, I didn't know about that shoot of the Rockefellers at all. Will the real Babette Van Degen please
0: stand up? Anyway, if you want to catch the whole Woodward arc, you can check it out now on Done and Done. We'll link to it in show notes. We got a whole new theme coming up starting next Monday there. And we're going to be back here on Trashy Divorces with you on Sunday with two brand new Trashy Divorces for our regular kind of Sunday trash candy fun. Sounds great. Holy cats. I hope you enjoyed that 1950s wild ride of a divorce and marvelous divorce success story after that. Thanks for listening and for your support and being awesome and doing all of your good out there in the world. We adore your trashy hearts. Until we talk again. Keep your hands clean. Keep those hearts trashy. Cheers, friends. Have a great week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dun & Dunn Podcast, a Hemlock Creatives production. You can email us at doneanddone@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.